go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places. Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com/network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. And now, it's time for Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Jesse Gaskell. That's Mike Sweeney. He has yet to speak. Hmm. You want to... <laughs> Let them hear your voice so you they can tell us apart. Mm. Yeah, that's Sweeney. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hi. We're writers on the Conan show. One of us was the head writer. Right. For Conan. Uh, I was for a bit. Then you, today's show is about head writers. It is. That's why I bring it up. And you were a head writer on a show as well. I was a head writer well, on let's get a that show. Yeah. Not this show. No. Well, Yet. you probably do a podcast for that show <laughs> as well. You wear many hats. Yeah, but no free rides for them. Okay, fine, fine. They'll remain unnamed. <laughs> uh, yes, today we're we're going to we we got a roundtable of all all the head writers from uh, starting with Late Night with Conan O'Brien back in yeah. 1993. It was a brain trust. Yeah, I mean, mostly that's... all in this room. However, Robert Smigel was over Zoom. He was over Zoom. On the East Coast. So he might sound a little different as you're listening. Yes. I think more, I I hope it gives him more authority, kind of like this voice coming from the sky somewhere or above. Like the Wizard of Oz. Looking down on all of us. Yes. Mere mortals trying to muddle through. That's how it felt. Right? Um, No, we had a a, a really fun time yakking about old times. It was great. Yeah. I loved being a fly on the wall here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, really. There's I some mean, good stories. Well, maybe before we dive into the head writer yeah. roundtable, we should clarify for the listener what a head writer is. Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. It's the, I mean, you know, there's, it's not a democracy writing rooms. There's, no. There has to, by nature of the job, be somebody who's making some decisions. Right. Yeah. And so the head writer is basically, you're right, is kind of just uh, kind of saying, here's what we're going to, here's what we're going to do. But also, hey, what should we do? Yeah. So it's, you really, it's a very back you're and forth. You're soliciting pitches from Absolutely. the writers. And then when you get those pitches, you're choosing your, you know, the best ones. And, and right. sometimes that is is by committee a little bit because you often... I mean, the way you would do it is you would read the pitches out loud. Yes. And then if if something got laughed, yes. that's probably going to have s- legs. It, yes. It, it was pretty, that took a lot, yeah. that took a lot of the, <laughs> uh, you know, hand-wringing out of the way is, is mm-hmm. and in, in our writer's room, which I loved, which which was something that was already in place when I, when I took over, is all the pitches were read anonymously. Yes. Which I, th- I think I might be that. unusual. But then sometimes you could kind of discern who wrote what yes. pitch. Just because, you know, certain 
writers have obsessions with certain celebrities or and certain I would look words. Around. There were a couple writers yeah, yeah, too yeah. that would even like mouth the words along sometimes with the oh, pitch. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. No, but yeah, so yeah, but I mean, ultimately, then you would kind of put together a a sample rundown for that show for the the comedy the, the portion comedy. of right. of that show. Yeah. And take and be producing, overseeing production mm-hmm. on all of those bits. Right. Yes. And then also giving notes. Well, one thing I, which we've talked about, but not in a long time on the, and one of my favorite things about Conan's shows is that they, Conan and Robert Smigel, the original head writer, having been writers at SNL, they, they adopted that writer model, which is you're the writer and the producer of every comedy yes. bit yourself. Mm-hmm. So if, if Jesse, you pitched a bit, you had to, and it had pre tapes the, the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, lit, I, and, and a lot of shows don't do that. It's no. like, it goes else, into a pipeline and it just gets made. Yeah. And, but then as the head writer, you, you were ultimately responsible for making sure that all that stuff was getting done. Right. Um, and you know, watching pre-tapes before they went down to rehearsal yes. and, and, and you would and give notes. notes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but sometimes it's like, sometimes you green light stuff that, you know, is going to get just buzzsawed. By, interesting. Uh, I thought that might be happening. Yeah. But, but not, <laughs> not, not, a, and not on purpose. Cause you know yeah, what? Yeah. It, it's not, it's not like accounting. It's not a precise game. So there'd be days in rehearsal where I'd be like, oh man, this is, We've got five bits and they're all great. Yeah. And I, we can't do them all. And and they all go down in flames. And <laughs> Conan's there going, mm-hmm. I don't know what we're doing today. And I'd be like, oh my God. And then yeah. there are other thing days where there'd be things where I'm like, oh, he's this is You're just watching through and they're they're absolute home runs. Yeah. So um you know, you don't always know Right. Uh with so you have to cast a wide net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was the thing I didn't like about being a head writer was right. it's so much management right. and kind of administration. Yes. And it's less writing, which is yes. what we all got into this to do. Well, yeah. I mean, I missed what I really missed was the uh, ego gratification. <laughs> no, but seriously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. of writing something mm-hmm. and then producing it. And, and if it did well, mm-hmm. feel like I'd be, I'd feel good for 20 minutes yeah. <laughs> about myself. But, and, and that just went away when you're a head writer. It's did like, did you ever get to feel good about things when you were a head writer or yeah, only w- bad? <laughs> no. Well, I, I tended to focus on like, you know, oh shit. Like, oh, I, I that didn't go that right. And, yeah. Oh God, that's, that's all. And, yeah. and th- if things went great, I'm like, I, I didn't feel personally like, uh-huh. oh, cause I didn't feel like, I just feel like, you know, you kind of like get out of the way. <laughs> right. Like don't, don't, don't stop good things from being made on the so show. You can only make mistakes as a head writer, basically. Well, <laughs> yes, if you have my mental illness. But uh, yeah. Doing well is a status quo. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. You're just constantly like disappointing people right. <laughs> on both sides. Yes. That's true. Oh my God. <laughs> I just assume, uh, yeah, everyone's mad at me all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the main emotion is, oh no. As a head writer, I think you manage below you and you also manage upwards. Right. Because you have people above you yes. that you're also managing, which I think is the case here with our show. Because mm-hmm. you're and you're always the bearer of bad news and you're right. the messenger that people shoot. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. you did it. Ha, ha, ha. And so did these other people that we're talking today. Uh, we've gathered head writers from every iteration of the show, from Late Night, The Tonight Show, uh, the TBS Conan show. Right. And because this season is all about Conan on the Road, we're specifically asking the head writers about some of their favorite mm-hmm. remotes right. and um, experiences with Conan outside of the studio. Everyone has stories that delight them and scarred them. Exactly. Um, and on the show today, it's Robert Smigel, Jonathan Groff, you, Mike Sweeney, and Matt O'Brien all together chatting mm-hmm. about what it was like being head writer. And That's right. Some of the good and the bad. Yeah, it was a fun chat. So here's our head writer roundtable. This is exciting. This has never happened before, as far as I know. No, uh, at least not it again. on record. Um, we have four head writers of late night. And uh, it's really a summit. It's a, a meeting years, of the minds. Years in the making. Right. They've been trying right. to book yes. this for years. <laughs> Groff couldn't was get a you all in one place. <laughs> Many of us haven't been on speaking terms. Yeah. <laughs> we finally met. This is for charity, right? This is for charity, right? That's why. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, Just, it's pickleball, it's right? It's taking the kids. We yeah. put down our guard during the pandemic and came together. <laughs> Two pickleball teams. So we have here Robert Smigel, who was head writer from 1993 to 1995. Uh, you go ahead and say hi, Robert. Hi, everyone. You've been on three other times, so we know your name by now, or we know your voice. Jonathan Groff, who was head writer from 1995 to 2000. Hello. Welcome back, Jonathan. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Jesse. Mike Sweeney, who you hear all the time, head writer from 2000 to 2015. You, you'd like me to be here less, <laughs> a lot less. Uh, yeah. And hi. Matt O'Brien, who was head writer from 2015 to 2020. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome. I'm a seminal part of this program. <laughs> <laughs> I have every right to be here. I have every right to be here. Uh, the anticipation for you announcing my name. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. My voice deserves to be heard. <laughs> Can I give the shout out right here for the, yeah. the person who couldn't? Uh, it's sad. It wasn't yes. Marsh McCall, who was mm-hmm. Robert's successor. Sure. Mm-hmm. As yeah. head writer, was a wonderful guy and hired me and Mike Sweeney. That's right. In January of 95. Although I think Robert probably weighed in on that decision and Conan, obviously. But um, he was great. Great boss. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he he did it only for like nine or ten months. But he, yep. it was a, people were like, Smigel's leaving because this can this thing even go on? Yes. And um, I, we should say. Yeah. Mark's passed, yeah, Mark right. passed away. I, yeah. It's not that he couldn't be here. Right, he literally right. can't be here. Yes. He, was, he passed yes. away in yeah. 2026. 16 or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'd like to think he would have said no, even if would he would have uh-huh. said yes. Yeah. Saying no from heaven. <laughs> he wanted no part of it. I'd like to think that he's watching and um, listening and um, can't wait for it to be over. <laughs> <laughs> he's watching with Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> he's going back into his office and closing the door. No, he's like, okay, they got the they got the name check out of the way. I can I can go back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so the um, the reason we all brought you here today. Uh, <laughs> it's a sting. It is. <laughs> the, we, there's some uh, tax discrepancies. Um, no, we, we're, this whole season is, we're talking about remotes outside of the studio. And we've talked to all of you about um, your experience working on the show. And I mean, this can go off into whatever direction we want it. But we kind of wanted to start um, with a jumping off point of your favorite remotes that you worked on with Conan and just even the the sort of uh, premise of 
of the remote, which was something that Robert began and then kind of continued and evolved throughout the course of the show. Mm-hmm. Certainly did evolve. The beginning of or, the- or, or it could be any favorite thing you do with Conan yeah. outside of sure. you outside know, the, outside the studio. studio. Yeah. yeah. It's it could be a lunch a you open. had once. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, got, I remember <laughs> you making, shot it on your iPhone. I was only like, had been there a month and I didn't know really what I was doing entirely. And I got assigned to go with Andy to spring training in 1995. Yeah. But spring training was a strike year. The MLB players were on strike. So it was all these, it'll just, just a missing, you know, misshapen <laughs> scabs basically <laughs> who were playing Major League Baseball. And Andy and I went down and Andy was a great, like kind of great guy to do a remote with because mm-hmm. he was nice and I wasn't scared of him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> we ended up, it was really fun. And we ended up like going and meeting these, there was a guy named Diesel mm-hmm. who was like this like guy from Brooklyn who was playing for the Mets. Like, I don't know where they found him. And he was, he was, in, but Andy the whole time was like longing to go to Butterfly World, which was down in Florida. He oh, picked up a brochure yeah. in the <laughs> lobby of the hotel. And it was a very Andy remote. Because it evidenced right away, like, I don't really want to be here. Not a sports guy. I'm yeah. not a sports guy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be here. What can we really get to? So we ended up ending the remote by being at Butterfly World after like, you know, five hours at the spring training complex. Yeah. Um, ended up at Butterfly World somewhere. And the and butterflies were not on strike, thankfully. They were not. <laughs> and it was Would lovely. you recommend, they were all moths. Would you recommend Butterfly World? I think if you're in the Port St. Lucie okay. area, yes. <laughs> Get the word out. Yeah, for sure. Better than Gator World. <laughs> yeah, Andy did a lot of the early remotes. We talked to Andy about that. Yeah, that that right. was initially kind of Andy's role was... Yeah. was it to, was. It was. Yeah. It was partly because we were terrified of putting Conan in the position of aping Letterman. Uh-huh. Which is basically like almost the entire philosophy of the show was do what Letterman doesn't do. And um, I've already seen like uh, Pat Sajak and Dennis Miller even try and go out and do remotes. And Letterman kind of owned remotes at that time. He was really the first talk show host to do them consistently and in a really funny way. And Le- Conan was the guy following Letterman. So one of the rules we set very early on was that Conan doesn't do remotes unless unless they're scripted, unless there's like a real premise to them. Mm-hmm. So in terms of unscripted remotes, Andy was the one we sent out, um, you know, almost exclusively in the first couple of years. Uh, we sent him to the Grammys and just gave him an obsession. He went to a Grammy party and all he wanted to ask everybody was why Thin Lizzy was snubbed. <laughs> 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 and it was it was one of those fun times when you get to see who's a good sport and who isn't and like because yeah. he was trying to get people to sing the beginning of the boys are back and down da, 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 da. and like a lot of people were like they didn't know who Andy was and they were mm-hmm. kind of snotty about it or who thin was he was <laughs> they're just snotty about Andy and and who's this guy but then Sting ended up doing it and that was our ender because like like the right. coolest guy in the room had no problem doing it. He had a great sense of humor about it. And uh, yeah, he seems like he has a good sense of humor. And yeah. He also did so, that that early M- was it MTV Music Music Awards. Oh yeah, he, he did a dressed, few of those. Dressed up, he did like you know basically he did music videos, videos, music videos. Yeah. and showed mm-hmm. them to the you know yeah. the, the various stars. Yes, he made dressed. he made people he made other nominees at the after party watch his videos 
And he was basically lip syncing to Desri. And, <laughs> and he had <laughs> you ought to know. Yeah. That was great. Oh, yeah. yeah. He did Party All the ones. Time. And he did uh, Bono's big song at the time. The one uh, I can't. One man. Uh, and the boys, boys <laughs> to Men. And I believe. He, oh, he, the Boys he, to Men. Where he line. was every one oh. of them. <laughs> yeah. Those became a staple of. Um, like anniversary shows because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was just oh, so yeah. like Visual. visually hilarious immediately to see Andy, you know, in those yes. roles. And Andy no, at Woodstock it, was also a yeah. right. That was, and yeah. there was a song, song, the song remains the same parody. Maybe that, I, that was, was, there was a Zeppelin, uh, there was a the Zeppelin film. Well, that, that was, was an uh, interesting one. So Greg Cohen was one of our super just, left brain, whatever the right. weird brain side yeah. that you want to have on your staff. <laughs> the right brain is actually the creative. That, thank oh, you, thank you. Yeah, I, never, I always, I always get, that get that wrong. He just uses the space between the two lobes. Next 10 mm-hmm. minutes on the polyvagal right. system. <laughs> <laughs> but Greg Cohen came up with that bit, mm-hmm. and I think Tommy Blatcha was right. a huge Zeppelin fan and probably helped him produce it. But yeah, that was basically recreating The Song Remains the Same with all the characters Including Bobby Bowman and other <laughs> yeah. the stage. Well, because there were so many weird tangents in that film. Yeah, and right. Exactly. They, they that he parodies. That. It's so frustrating that it can't go it up can't online. Right. I know it will never be. And seen. the oh. same thing with those Andy parodies you're talking about because of all because the, of the music. music. Right. Oh. It was one of the oh, most. Really, ev- those don't those aren't allowed online. No, they get the they get swept right. right off. Oh, that's right. That was an epic moment in the studio because we came back from at the end of the rolling in that song remains the same remote and playing right. I think it was Stairway or whatever or some uh-huh. epic or maybe it was Days maybe it was Days Confused but like yes, our Days band Max Weinberg 7 just killing it playing that and then you were standing there and Jeff Ross is like yeah this is this airs once yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do it I know I, that was that's what everyone else going to air one time. You know, that's fine. That's it. One no. done. You cost, done. You're cost out. yourself money with a rerun. You're not going to get a residual, but that's yeah. fine. In the, in the future, we're going to survive on clicks. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff knew um, he had the big view. Oldie Olson right. is a beloved character who persisted for many years until untimely, untimely, <laughs> untimely passing. Oh, the age of maybe uh, timely. much younger than anyone oh. thought. He was only... 70s but oh but he he was introduced in a piece that was one of my favorites that we did back then in 1994 there was a baseball strike right and um so to entertain people while baseball was gone we staged games between (laughs) a bunch of like (laughs) six-year-olds versus really elderly men like and in their 70s and 80s and they were fairly competitive games (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I remember that we had used that actor, uh, William Preston, once before then in a sketch about uh, the oldest James Bond or the oldest spy or something. But All right. but then we brought him back for this and uh, and we named him Carl Oldie Olsen and he was the second baseman. And, uh, and I, I just remember having an amazing time. Uh, it was just the dumbest premise. Well, those are usually hard actors to work with. Old, I mean, older people and and kids are notoriously Hammy. difficult. Yeah, but here they're really, it was mostly them just playing baseball, mm-hmm. like serious <laughs> trying to play baseball against each other, five-year-olds against 80-year-old men. That's a good way to keep them from being hams. Yeah. Like just give them strenuous activity. Make it competitive. 
Yeah, and the, and the, the old men team was called the White Stockings, I think. It's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. And Carl Olde Olsen just screamed the name over and over and laughed maniacally. And that <laughs> Have you guys ever told the story? This is slightly tangential of, of when we went to um, Carl Olde Olsen's. I, it's a great, that's a good Have you told that one? No. No. Okay, so please. Carl Olde Olsen was a beloved cast member, essentially, that after... Robert's era introduced him in baseball. We just went back to the well many, many times. With Carl <laughs> he was always really funny. He was a he played the the uh, sexual pilgrim or horny right. pilgrim in like a Thanksgiving Day right. sketch we did. And um, um, was it there a vampire series? Vampire, the Dino then he was Frankenstein's monster. He was, Frank he was a million different things. And we, I think you actually eventually, yeah. Sweeney, may have worn him out on a remote uh, on a hot day where he was. Outside. <laughs> I'm not oh. saying you killed Carl. Well, I, think, I, I think you're saying exactly what was that, the cause John. Of <laughs> I think my name is on the cause. Of, it was um, yeah off the. Uh, Running to the Bulls in Pamplona, uh, like we had all these oh characters on the show. So I thought, oh, what if we do a thing where it's our annual running of the late night characters? Uh. So we had them all running, and one of them was Carl Olde Olson. In Manhattan. In, in Manhattan. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So anyway, no he, he, later, no. he, he passed away. Yeah. Right. He was not William a super Brown. healthy man. He was a chain smoker, and his, his right. incredibly hilarious laugh, I think, came from a lifetime of tobacco lung disease yeah tobacco yeah. ingestion so we but we found out about his funeral and we went, and we saw an obituary i think that got published in the like columbia pennsylvania newspaper yeah and it said carl Olson. we're like oh we were sad we loved killed him he was the sweetest mike sweeney. killed yeah. by mike sweeney he was the sweetest man and he loved the gig and he was so happy he was like a really respected, I think, theater actor guy. And now he was doing mm -hmm. this funny stuff. Yeah. And mm -hmm. he was, he lived right near, you know, in Hell's Kitchen and he was, you know, in Times Square. And he was just a, a real sweet guy. And we were sad to lose him as a friend and also sad to lose this really funny character. Mm -hmm. And so I remember somebody found his obituary and it said that he was survived by a twin. <gasps> identical. Identical oh. twin brother. My God. <laughs> So we went to the little memorial service like a week later in it was at a little theater in you Hell's took Kitchen. Cameras. And and I Conan yes. went and <laughs> now we have to go. Now we have to go. We, we're gonna go anyway, and now we have to go. And I just remember Conan joking, like, could I get a gun that would because he he showed up and he was a more robust right. version of Carl of, of William Preston. Yeah. Um and he did not have a beard. And and the long hair oh. that William had, and but Conan was joking like, "Is there any way I could get a gun that would fire a beard at this guy?" <laughs> but yeah, we met him, and we we didn't yeah. know any of that, and it was very sweet. And we, well, you know, he was a beloved, uh, right. beloved guy. It, it, that was amazing because he he was the we thought of him as one of the most unique people mm -hmm. you could find anywhere. And then oh no, there's an He's exact duplicate. <laughs> I'd love it if the twin had been working on the show. I mean, it was maybe it was the twin the whole time. Well, they heard I was still working there, so he was. <laughs> I like, mean, I'm not going near that. You're not going to kill me like you did my brother. Exactly. It did cross our minds. It felt in bad taste to like in late right. night fashion Mention to that. like it was send Mike Sweeney right. and a camera yeah. crew, right. a right. Ca camera crew to right. wherever this gentleman lived, and tried to convince him to be a part of our repertory <laughs> company. But we 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 thought we better done. Wow. And there was because Carl became the ending to so many comedy bits. Yes. You know, you're like, how do we get out of this with a big yeah. 
Oh yeah, the oldie. Yeah, Carl Oldie. Just bring an oldie to do the yeah to be the the, the closer. Right. <laughs> it's so funny. People just went nuts when he would enter a scene. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So then it became <laughs> next stop Abe Vigoda. <laughs> Speaking of Abe Vigoda, yeah. a real and to Robert's point about like remotes that were not. Um, Letterman-y, I feel, mm-hmm. and were good ones, early ones that Conan was in. There's a Conan and Andy go and visit the old set somewhere yeah. around 97, maybe. Brian or, Rich did that. Brian Rich was a Brian. It was really funny. And it was a great blend of real found people and characters that you interacted with. Basically, the premise is the, the show switched the set in like 97, mm-hmm. maybe right. something like that mm-hmm. from the you know, the original one that the, that the show debuted with. And they just went around. The, the, the NBC is cheap and had sold all the furniture mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. various people around Manhattan <laughs> and or New York area. Mm-hmm. And um, and they went and visited it. And, you know, they went to a car wash. Right. This desk was being used as a rag uh, table. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and then Andy's like, at one point Andy goes, Conan, we haven't seen the sofa. What happened to the sofa? Yeah. <laughs> And they drove out to Long Island. Right. They drive. Conan's like, well, we 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 retired it at a farm. <laughs> <laughs> and you go, they go out to the farm and they pull up and they look over a fence and yeah. Well, there's two. First of all, there's a little uh, three little couches seated <laughs> in this like you know ring basically. So like the idea is that the. The couch has been put out to to pasture, yes. <laughs> but left behind. But left legacy. behind, little thing, and then Aww. they, and then all of a sudden, we hear the the telltale music, and Conan goes, "Look!" And off in the <laughs> distance, there's a couch, our couch, yeah, old couch, humping another couch. <laughs> it was put out to stud. It was put out to stud. <laughs> it was, and and apparently, oh, how did they practically do the couch humping? There was a huge NBC stagehand. Yeah. I don't remember his name. Who had a, the couch? The full couch. They probably pulled some stuffing out of it to make it doable. And he had <laughs> they rigged it with on handles the on the back, and he, and was, he was like going yeah. like this. Humping this huge couch on another couch, it was it, it was pretty hilarious. It was pretty hilarious because it was off in the distance, so it looked yeah, it, looked, it just it looked looked really great. Just looked like the camera picked it up. Exactly. Mike, what was the remote where Conan set a Vagoda free into? Oh the- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's that funny. That was show. the end of late night. That was lovely. I don't yes. remember it. Oh really? It was. it was one of the last episodes, and that's like, so funny. Before I go, you know, I'm, we're we're leaving here. We're leaving New York. We're leaving late night, and there's one thing I have to do. When he he said save Vagoda free, <laughs> he, he, did, and he let him out of a cage, uh, out of a cage oh in God. a park, and he, and, it, and then you cut to Conan tight, and he's crying. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like running, going, go, go. goodbye. That's hey, really good. I'll be okay. And you just see Abe like goodbye, and just from behind, <laughs> running off into a meadow. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance. Jewelry. 
luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. I mean, I'm not going to, it's not necessarily remote, but one of my favorite outside of the studio things mm-hmm. you guys ever did as long after my time was Conan running to Los Angeles, right? Yeah. To bring the show and shooting and like- People bring that up all the time. God, that was brilliant. Yeah. And mm-hmm. f- he's got the crowd, thousands of people behind mm-hmm. him, follow me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, right? come to LA. No, there, that, there's oh, was that the LA different shows? things. There's the 10th anniversary show oh, okay. where he goes around New York City and gets people to follow. Hey, join me. It's my- and everyone's like, yeah. And this crowd gathers. And then eventually we shot it at Sunday morning at 6 a.m. because we locked down 6th Avenue uh, in the wrong direction. And it was Conan running up 6th Avenue with hundreds of people. We had hundreds of extras behind him. And the whole joke was they, they, they run by an intersection and the entire crowd sees David Lee Roth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and someone goes, oh my God, it's David Lee Roth. And then every, the, Conan keeps running yes. and the entire crowd uh, hangs a hard left. What right. a perfect person to come across. <laughs> yeah, for the crowd. That's that right. It was, it was that or Thin Lizzy. And then they ran. <laughs> and then that's... But um, running was across America. I was conflating right. two things. Yes. 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 But it was him... You know, I got to go to L.A. and mm-hmm. we do a cheap trick, right? Wasn't it? Yes, surrender. And and we shot it in two days. We started in New York, and um, him running across. He was talking about it recently. First, the George Washington Bridge, and he's like, "Ah, oh, we didn't." He had real dress shoes on because he was dressed in mm-hmm. show clothes, and he ran like I don't know, four hundred yards. While we're shooting it, I was up in the helicopter, and it's like, oh, uh, yeah, first- we need one more take. <laughs> one more take. So he had. Awful blisters. Yeah. Plantar <laughs> fasciitis. <laughs> he's yeah. never recovered. He's still limping. But then we, j- and then. That um, was a spectacular opening. Yeah. Yeah. That. That and we just, we just banged it out. Like we literally flew to like four locations in one day. Um, wow. Flew to New- I broke my arm in Chicago. Oh, that's when and, you broke and, your arm. And I, I, we just kept shooting. Then we had to go to St. Louis. And then we got to New York and I didn't even, I got to go to the emergency room at 1 a.m. because we were shooting all day. And, oh. uh, and I never heard day, that. You broke uh, your arm yeah. on that shoot? We were on, you know, State Street. Uh, yeah. um, there's a, a lip. We're, we're shooting Conan running across straight, State Street and you see the river and the iconic Chicago buildings. And our sound guy bumped back into me and there was a lip uh, to separate people from the street. And I fell straight back over the lip and fell straight back into State Street. Like, luckily— But into traffic, too. Well, no, it was a red light. Okay. You know what? Okay. But, but as just, it was. Uh, just and I broke my elbow. Payback for what you did to yeah, Carl Oldie Olsen. It was. <laughs> it, it wasn't enough Karma payback. Thumbs up from Oldie. <laughs> really? So, yeah, that that was something— uh, that I was think you had a broken arm for hours before you got to go to the emergency room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you I, kept I, shooting. I kind of knew. I, yeah. It hurt. I was like, yeah. I think I broke, but— Oh my God! Not to jump That's the gun. So you may be talking about this later on another thing, but the no. the taking the the uh, Road Warrior 
trip down to Comic Con. Right. Oh, the Mad right. Max. Mad that Max. Was great. Oh, Mad Max pulled my open. Sure. God, was, was that unbelievable? Yeah, that was, that's your reign, right? No, that, no? Was, oh, that was still Sweeney. Sweeney. That was yeah, before. I that came that was fun. That yeah. was great. That was our first year at Comic Con, and you know, at Mad Max was that just really we one of the all, best movies ever. Right. Yeah. That was so good. And what's the character that Conan played? Uh, it was one of my favorite. Doof Warrior. Warrior. That's yeah. one of my favorite scenes in that movie the, the, in Mad Max. The, this caravan's running down. And then the camera just comes down and it pivots around and reveals that guy in the front yeah. playing that. And I was just like, okay, this might be the greatest With movie With a flamethrowing guitar. Yes. Yeah. So Wearing long and then, johns. And Conan was like, I want to play him. And they were like, oh my God, yes. That was the perfect opening it was great. For that year, especially. Mm -hmm. And also, I think that was the first trip to the Comic-Con. Yes. And, it, it, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That was perfect. And then we set up, we had to do that. We had to match that energy every year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was we had hard. To come up with something every <laughs> oh, I know. That was hard to, I mean, I, I showed that in writer's rooms on. That's a good to, one. To oh, go really? Like, yeah. It was like, because the filmmaking was, yeah. it was cool. It was, be it was yeah. Fun. It was beautifully fun. shot. Those we, were the only things we ever, I mean, we didn't, we sometimes... In other remotes would uh, storyboard was, everything. I think but, that was the most expensive thing the show's ever oh, done. Oh, really? Well, the Mad Max. Yes. Right. It's not surprising. Our, our designer, our special effects guy, mm -hmm. um, just literally reconstructed that, that, that giant vehicle. Vehicle. And, including with, with space for our band in the back. He built the flamethrower guitar. Yeah. Every, I, and I think was over, uh, it was in a, a lot. <laughs> How much are we talking? Do you, can you say, okay, okay. Can I talk about a, a weird fave from that originated in, in Robert's era, which yes. was the ventriloquist dummy choir? <laughs> Do you remember that bit, Robert? Yeah, of course. Was it wasn't a, a remote. No, no, no. Well, there is an into one. You've fallen into my trap, which <laughs> is that it, it was a hilarious studio bit that was that Dino? Uh, yes, Dino had the initial idea for the ventriloquist dummy choir. And absolutely. Dino Stamatopoulos. And it was just, you know, for no, nobody who's ever seen it, it was ventriloquist. They did it, I think, first at Christmas, and they're singing the Hallelujah Chorus. <laughs> and these doughy guys with garish yellow choir robes and their dummies in little matching green choir robes <laughs> singing the Hallelujah <laughs> uh, chorus from the Messiah. Really funny. A Hungarian television producer, when I was head writer, <laughs> right. fell in love with the ventriloquist <laughs> dummy choir and flew them over to appear on a Hungarian talk show. <laughs> and Brian McCann accompanied them. Brian McCann, one of our mainstay writers right. for years yeah. and character actor on the show. And he had to take these guys who were kind of, as you can imagine, like middle-aged men right. who are ventriloquists or <laughs> maybe not who the, is the dream team to go to Eastern Europe right. with at the time. But it was a really funny remote. It, was, it reminded me of like when you talked about Surrender on that on that. Um, Using that big, like a big song in a remote mm -hmm. can really, or in Mad Max one too, like right. a big track, because because McCann cut it up with, uh, we're an American band, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. So there's all these shots of these idiots walking through Budapest <laughs> with holding their ventriloquist dummies and like That's trying great. to do touristy stuff, and there's like we're an American band, and it was really <laughs> dad rock, and really think, funny. Yeah, I think they drove them nuts because oh, yeah. some of them were trying to get lined. They were all like, "This oh, is my big break." Yeah. yeah. They did. drove. I tried to get McCann on the phone before we did this to like get a a, a memory of it, but right. some at some, some point you'll have him on again or whatever right. and talk yeah. about it. But it was I think he was worn out by these idiots, right. <laughs> babysitting. Yeah, making sure they didn't commit I sex know, crimes. I know, I know. And then we, um, you were there for the original 
you were the head writer for the original Triumph remote at the Westminster. <gasps> yes. Wow. Was that the first time we did? The first remote was with it at the dog show. The first, the first dog show. Yes, I thought and, so. And you were the head writer, John. But uh, well, actually, when I had the idea for Triumph, I called you up after taking a shower. It was like 1997, and like, can we do another dog show? I have one more. Yeah. One last comedy, one last idea for a dog talent insult comic. And that's how that started. But then it, it was a couple of years later, Sweeney was the one who suggested the Triumph do a remote at oh, the yeah. dog show. It was great. I yeah. just watched it this morning. It all came from Sweeney. I'd never thought of doing that. remotes with Triumph. Oh, and it was, uh, it, I just watched the Westminster dog show one this morning just to refresh my memory. And it's the one, which one, the first, the one first one, it was the very first oh, okay. one. Uh, but he humps, actually, yeah. The second go one ahead, was insane too. Well, the second one was under danger of like being arrested, right? Yeah. Because they were they were so on guard. That from could the be first most, one. That's most any yes. triumph. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The second one was where I was really like, I need help with I and I gathered the writers and yeah. writers really wrote jokes for that one. Yeah. First one, we just went in there and like we're just gonna fuck around, and it worked because it was so fresh and new. And um, and there were some people who were good sports too, and played yeah, along. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some people were great sports and loved just having their dog on camera. And then there were other people who weren't especially uh, shocking. You know, I think the second one was where you got into it with dog groomers, and they really got bent out of shape. Yes, I think so. And the second one was where Triumph. The premise was the Triumph goes back in disguise because he was thrown out. <laughs> I really was thrown out of the first one. Yeah, I was thrown out of the first one like really early. And and then I had to like improvise just like in the lobby off of like photographs of dogs. Oh right, <laughs> which were those? But those were great jokes. Those <laughs> were really just, funny. That was that was like improv that first one. And then but and we had already had our ending because that's how I got thrown out was humping individual, not me but Triumph humping right. individual <laughs> live animals. Thank you for thank you for clarifying. Yeah, thank you for clarifying. Thank you. You know, you know, Just you never know nowadays said. what people are going to extrapolate. So, uh, but yes, that was, but, I, but what I want to say, just if anybody ever wants to listen to the first time I was on this show, mm -hmm. I explained very, in very detailed manner, how Jordan Schlansky right. made that mode possible. Jordan. Yeah. Right. His whole nom de plume or whatever you call it is just that he does nothing on the show. But if Jordan hadn't been so devious and uh, relentless in getting us into Westminster with fake IDs, yeah. uh, he's the reason that that remote ever got yeah. off the ground. And then he he's been then coasting he on that ever since. <laughs> Hilarious. Well, basically, his reward was be basically becoming Triumph in the, yes, in the last right. Day. He's Conan's <laughs> puppet now. Absolutely. <laughs> since I have, since we have Robert here, I get to, I want to do my favorite triumph. Well, there's so many triumph remotes that were hilarious, but one that happened on, because Star Wars was after I was there mm -hmm. and stuff, but was the LA shows, the triumph towards the stars homes. Right. And there was, and I think you, you were, you and Sweeney, Mike, you were yes. producing that with Robert, right. I believe. There's a moment where you stop at Ted Danson's house and he and you're like that's one of my favorite moments ever. That might be the <laughs> to me the ultimate triumph moment because he gets into a shouting match with these guard dogs <laughs> and he's just cursing Dober, live guard Doberman dogs. Yeah. The 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 genius of triumph to, besides all the great jokes or whatever, but he interacts with real dogs mm -hmm, and yeah. he just gets into it with these angry guard dogs <laughs> and he's so mad yeah. and they're so mad. It is 
And you just and you remember them on. that he's a dog. Yeah. It's, uh, it's what I love about that is the triumph. His pride is being compromised at that moment. He's <laughs> a snide asshole. But he has this ego and he's like told all these people that he's going to get them <laughs> into me. <laughs> and this guard dog is giving him shit and he gets so emotional. Like I was almost crying. I was almost crying as I was yelling at that guard dog. Yeah. That's how angry I got. You fucking asshole. And, um, and I was so satisfying to see the huge lava guy. And then, and then my favorite part is that then you cut hard to just triumph going back to the, <laughs> to the tour bus, to all the people who had gotten off the tour bus and are at dance attention to the, all right, back on the bus. Let's go. New <laughs> 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 acknowledgement of what happened. Uh, <laughs> oh my just God. Like, what are you Holds doing here? Together. Back those, on the bus. <laughs> those dogs were, they would have just kept going in and going. They were, everyone was good listeners. They were good actors. My <laughs> question, they weren't actually Ted. They were just a random house with guard dogs that we I, found? I think. Oh, good question. Probably. No, no, we knew that there were going to be guard dogs at this. Okay. Or, no, remember. actually, Mike, I, I think remember. we may have actually hired Book, a dog. Booked, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, well, well. It was wow. just good, good, we may good have hire. that part of it. But the one thing I remember from that remote was we went up uh -oh. into, um, no, no, no. They, we went up to. Um, that was a technical nightmare, that remote. It, it was a technical nightmare. And, and that, that was what stressful. I was talk it was about. very stressful. We drove up into Bel Air and without permission. And on in a double decker bus, which are banned from, like we had no double decker bus had been there in years. They banned them, so the branches were low. Oh, so we had yeah. to put someone in the front of the top of the bus to go incoming, incoming, and, and all these people that we corralled to do this. We all were like, Whoa. oh my god! We all hit the dirt, wow. and then we're like, okay, we're clear, and then everyone came back up, and it's like incoming, oh, boom! God. Oh my god! As we better be worth it yeah. to Barbara's. <laughs> all right. We headed up to Barbara Streisand's house. And then I remember you had the bullhorn and you're like, hey, Barbara, come on out. We love all your crap. Oh, yeah. And we're big fans of all your crap. Big fans of all your crap. What I always remember is all her neighbors <laughs> came flying out like angry wasps. Like we had, in, she was the queen yeah. bee and we had penetrated her nest. And so people not, from her compound came out and started screaming at us and called the cops and we got a police escort out of there. Went went to that in room. We were like, oh my God, this is all fantastic. What a day. What a day. What a great day. Look at the footage. And it's weirdly, there were camera issues and microphone mm. issues. So we're like, we weren't sure whether it was usable. So we ended up the next day going back. Oh my <laughs> God. Up there oh. Back to oh recreate absolutely all the beats. <laughs> But they never saw that coming. Right. <laughs> I don't think they did. Guys, let your guard down. <laughs> they, they wouldn't be foolish enough to come back. <laughs> I know. It's like then we were editing the piece like the day of the oh, show. Right up. But then the, the computer crashed. Yeah, oh my everything God. crashed. But I mean, it was really. It was like a Holly Hunter yeah, yeah, broadcast news moment to get that wow. on there. Right. But the crazy thing, it, it was that classic thing of. Whenever you try to repeat something that was a lot where there's yeah. a lot of improvisation, the the new versions didn't have the. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't yeah. as good as the first day, so we had to make that first day work. So oh my God. that mm -hmm. whole second day, just like ah, oh yeah, <laughs> we chucked it out. There. It was just to make them mad. But yeah, but the but the first day the worked. LAPD, and that's all the LAPD mattered. wanted to see the cut. <laughs> that's, that's right. Like, that's oh. right. That's right. Uh, it's fun though. It's exciting. I was, I was watching some remotes that that uh, Lisa 
producer sent over. Yes. And um, and I was struck by t- to Robert's point really about like prepared. I didn't. I didn't yeah. Have yeah. To look. Well, I it was a pl- listen, I'm in between projects, and I love watching them. This yeah. is really yeah, cool. This is great. Yeah. It's well, good. I watched. There were a couple of you know to the to the idea that you didn't want to have Conan, you know. Letterman. I think right. we, as he got more and more comfortable, we got comfortable. Like, who cares? He's funny. Oh, then, Let's yeah. just get him I mean, out there. It yes. became the best part of the show. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I saw yeah. some of the ones where I saw the early, like you can kind of see how good he was going to get mm-hmm. at these. Mm-hmm. Was I think you produced him in Houston? Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me, in a way, like the antecedent big word of <laughs> like going to Armenia or the you know travel mm-hmm. shows or with Xana or Mexico, where like he has a real point of view on it or Israel or whatever like it's just really interesting and he has something because the story behind Houston was the affiliate there aired him at 2.40 in the morning right. I'm sure you've talked about this on this podcast before but um, and yeah. and we had a, he had a he was pissed and like the show was really doing well at this point but right. like Houston's a huge market to not have your ratings right. count and like NBC yeah. would talk about it and go like we can't get this affiliate and, and they put every shitty the shittiest shows in the world yeah on. the beginning of the thing <laughs> is him before his show came on every he, night. The, he's at the desk setting up the remote and showing his like the TV guide and all the stuff that's on before him uh-huh. finally got on at two forty morning so Sweeney went down there well it was and, a perfect vehicle for Conan it was because it's so de- self self deprecating yes. while also he gets to be outraged. you know outraged yeah. so and it was a two night thing because we we had spots lined up over we had to we had to go when the show was At on we couldn't we didn't want to fake they it. didn't fake it yeah. so we went to a you know hospital emergency room uh-huh. went to a strip club we went to a gas station but my and then the a sec- dorm a dorm rice Yep, mm-hmm. and then and w- and at two f- at knocking on doors right. at like right. you know, and waking yeah. people up. Yeah, we <laughs> woke oh students up and made them watch. <laughs> yeah, but then my favorite one was we were going to go to the Greyhound bus terminal, like mm-hmm. where people are, you know, just you know, Milling hanging around, out yeah. at three yeah. in the morning, yeah. not mm-hmm. in their best moment. Right, <laughs> and we didn't. We we never got permission to go in. They they shut us down and said no. And our pro- field producer was like, "We're not going there." And the and we were just like we're gonna go so we we pulled up and we went to one of the loading docks for the buses and snuck in i i went in and checked wow. it out i said we can sneak That's in that so way Ocean's and you know we were like we've got two minutes <laughs> and we went in and like the best part of that remote was shot there well and then because, we got kicked out because this is like shows how long ago this was in bus stations and train stations, they would have little coin-operated television exactly. chairs, benches with little right. coin-operated oh. black and white televisions. Television. Yeah. And you must have known that yeah. or somebody scouted that out we, or, yeah. because it was perfect. So, mm-hmm. like, he's basically trying to get people to watch in right. these shitty little TVs <laughs> yeah. in this, you know, this bench in the bus exactly. station at 2 o'clock in the morning. And we ran in, Yeah, and we ran into this guy named Buffalo who was— Conan was hilarious with. Oh, and the yeah. second— we had a great exchange, <laughs> and then we got— Kicked out immediately. Uh, it's and worth looking up because it's one. It's a great moment of Conan moment. like interacting with this scary guy who's make. Where's the little guy that's right, with you? Right. You know what? Right. And so Andy, he couldn't be here, but right. he's fine. He's back. And Conan is very humble, but slightly scary. And, very and he plops back down into the chair as Buffalo makes his way. I mean, Buffalo is exactly who you would think he is. He's like long hair and tats and like uh, massive, you know, massive guy, sleeveless t-shirt. And Conan <laughs> and, just settles. And kind in, of invaded Conan's space. And kind of and mm. kind of scary. And it's. 2.40 in the morning mm-hmm. and he and Conan kind of like charms him and he makes his way away and befriends him but then Conan just sounds like 
I was nearly killed. <laughs> I just almost got killed there. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. be- you believed it. Yeah. I, mean, right, right, right. I might have done it. Right. Well, Matt O'Brien. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of Matt O'Brien. Speaking of, uh, some remotes. Uh, I mean, you know, by the time I was the head writer, Conan had hundreds of really good remotes under his belt. But you had also worked on a lot of those. You were, yeah. uh, I worked you were on a go-to some remotes. remote so, sure. writer uh, yeah. before you were head writer. Do you have any favorite uh, I mean, one one remote that I really loved uh, working on as a writer was on the TBS show. We'll move to the later year. Uh, was we when, when we went back to New York for the first time mm-hmm. about a year after we'd been on TBS, right. and we did Conan just delivering Chinese food around <laughs> yeah, the city. Yeah, great. and uh, the the thing. I mean, he was really funny in it. And and what I liked about it was we hadn't been in New York in a little while, so it was sort of a hero's welcome. The people we ran into along the way, was it was such a great reminder of, oh, right. You can kind of just wander around New York City right. uh-huh. and find incredible characters around every corner. And it was just— It's it was almost so, like a cheat. It was kind of like—it <laughs> felt like a cheat, exactly. Because like the idea of delivering Chinese food is—it's a, it's a very—it's it's pretty basic. Right. But the people we ran into along the way— um, were so great. And it was just sort of a, it was a really nice, I just felt excited to be back in New York. And I think he was, and, um, yeah, there's big energy. There was big energy to it. And, and, and we, we also did triumph at Occupy Wall Street Uh that week too, Mm. which was really, really funny. That was fun. And we talked about this on the show, but uh, I, I got to help a little bit with yeah. With just the humping of the of the, the bull humping of the Wall with Street the bull. <laughs> oh the bull just yeah, just yeah. Robert yeah, and yeah. I had to go to two or three different precincts to get a captain to, to sign off on five minutes of humping on a Sunday morning <laughs> yeah. at eight a.m. It was basically a giant triumph balloon that you mm-hmm. guys had created. Like how tall was it? About eight feet, nine or, feet tall. Yeah, yeah, or twenty feet. It was big. It, it was huge. It was, it was as huge. big as one of those strike rats. It was supposed to be as big as one of those right. strike rats, right, right. rats that they put in front of buildings. So it was huge. That's right. Yeah. Oh, and Matt, I yeah. interrupted you. So you were you you were kind of in charge of that whole. Remote. Yeah. 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 I, I just. Oh, I. I mean, we we don't need to talk about. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, just yeah. I just love the way it turned out, and I just yeah, remember it's feeling really funny, really great, really excited to be back in New York uh-huh. with Conan uh-huh. at the time. Right. Um, you, those at the Beacon Theater were those shows. That was those were at the Beacon yes, Theater. Yeah. Beacon. That was a that was a really fun week. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of good remotes that week. Yeah. Um, well, the remotes that connect to a travel show, like to a travel there's a, live yeah. show, yeah. it has that extra Conan has always, always called it event energy. It yeah, feels yeah. like mm-hmm. an event. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and the crowd's excited. Absolutely. Whenever we traveled, I, that always amazed me. The the two cities I was thinking of. What was the first city he went to? Los Angeles in 99. Okay. Right. Okay. Is that right? That the, the first time. Week. We did not travel yeah. that show. As hot as it was, and as mm-hmm. in an era yeah. of much more money probably mm-hmm. to do these things. We did not travel until 99 in right. LA. We were th- talked about Boston. Right. I think we might even have scouted Boston. Oh. I think I went. There's I a I small, there. there was a small segment in that week in LA where um, Jerry Ryan was on the show in New York. Do you remember this? Yeah. Uh, I was, t- I told Lisa about this. There's a whole, he did a whole run of like basically trying to hit on actors Actresses who he had quote unquote vibed with, yes, oh, right. exactly. set. yeah, yeah, uh-huh. and he we so we did a whole thing. I think mm-hmm. he probably helped produce it too. No. But I was I was on I, the I shoot. Did. It was uh, he he called he checks in with Vamka Johnson, uh-huh. Julianne Margulies, yes, um, uh, Jerry Ryan, yep, 
Uh, and then the payoff, I don't want to ruin it, but it's a really funny payoff with Gina Gershon, yes. who I think may have given us the idea because she really did bring she like— She leaned right yeah. into it. But they were all—and Sarah Michelle all, Gellar. They were all so believably funny. Except Sarah Michelle Gellar, who was yes. kind of a tool. <laughs> Sure. sure. I was wondering if you'd say that. She is. Uh, she was a tool. She, she yeah. was like she was trying to be well, she funny. She just seemed like she was acting. Whereas she, the other women. The other was like, I mean, Julianne Margulies getting was hit on. brilliant. She, I, I honestly remember watching it thinking, I, I mean, I knew it was set up, but I thought that is so convincing. Yeah. Her being so off put mm-hmm. by him showing up mm-hmm. at her door. Mm-hmm. It really <laughs> made me laugh because it was so believable. Well, we went to, we went to her real. It not been all acting. I mean, maybe well, it wasn't. That's the thing. <laughs> they were all gorgeous. There was a little corner of my mind. I was like, maybe they really did do this. <laughs> it was really well done. It was, she, it was she, great. She invited us to, Jerry Ryan invited us to her house, her yeah. condo. She oh, was she gorgeous was condo. And there's a moment where like, I think it was with Jerry where he he knocks on the door and she's like, oh, hi. And she, they're all act weirded out. Like, yep. what are you doing? Well, you know, and he shows a little clip of the vibe that yeah. they had uh-huh. on the show. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, yeah, but, and he's like, and he, she starts to close the door and he puts his foot in That's the right. door. Right, right, right. She goes, anyway, have a great junk. And the door just slams there and the camera pans down and his foot right. is in the door. And he goes, oh, my foot, my, my foot's there. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, it, God, a, it made me laugh. A testament to how great the actresses were is that um, when we were scr- had people screening all this footage to put back up online, um, a lot of the screeners, uh, people, young people in their 20s were like, they didn't think it, any of it was a joke. Yeah. They, oh, they, they, all, they were really good. Oh, they were really, they were, really, really good. Real. And they're like, you can't, how did you, <laughs> you can't even think of putting this. harassment. So we, Jerry Ryan. If you look at it online, there's a, a disclaimer card at the end. Unbelievable. Uh, mm-hmm. Just so people no know. You're kidding. Harmed. That no one was, and that everyone was in on the joke. Oh, we, oh otherwise, God. they were like, we can't put this up. You know, well, that also, yeah. to make that feel real yeah. though, that's a testament to Conan playing it Absolutely. really yeah. real. Yeah. He, he really yeah. played like this mm-hmm. kind of, guy who is re- overreaching and right. thinking that totally. he had right. a shot because right. it really mm-hmm. was playing yeah. great. Yeah. Um, one remote from from TBS that I got to work on, it was not my idea, it was Conan's idea, was when we, we went to London and shot it with Tom Cruise. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. yeah. But Conan, oh, yeah. Conan had an idea that, uh, that he pitched to Tom Cruise, which is... Um, Carpool it, karaoke. Well, it, exactly. <laughs> well, basically, yeah. Basically. So the idea is Tom Cruise gets in the car with Conan and notices cameras and says, uh, wow, oh, I see, I see what we're going to do. We're going to do karaoke. This is going to be really fun. Conan says, no, 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 no. That, that's not what I had in mind. And then Tom goes, well, you know, I see. I know what we're going to do. We're going to talk about comedy and go get coffee. Mm-hmm. Right? right? We're, we're in the car. And Conan says, no, I think we're just going to go for a drive. And it's just quietly, <laughs> mm-hmm. the car starts to pull away. And Tom Cruise, I have to say... He was great. He was so funny. Yeah. yeah. And he just is like, so we're just gonna, we're just gonna go for a drive. And Conan just says, we're just gonna go for a drive. <laughs> and they just sat there and quietly drove through London. And, and, and Tom would point things out. Tom like, would try to, hey, yeah, look, try to get yeah, something going. Thames, yeah. Thames is the Tower of London. And, and Conan would say, Tom, Tom, I'm trying to just kind of focus on driving. <laughs> and it was so funny. It was such a funny idea to take the biggest star in the yes, world that you're and telling him to shut up. That's that amazing. Quietly for, for, 11, for 11 minutes. And That's Tom Cruise had great moments improvising. He was, he would be like, uh, you know, you know, I, can we pull over? I, I got to go to the bathroom. And Conan says, oh, 
don't worry, I thought of that. And he takes a bucket out from the back. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, um, and then another another thing that Tom Cruise improvised was he he takes out a cell phone and he and he's he's turning away from Conan and he's calling and he's saying, hey, it's me. Um, he's just driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's driving. Uh, <laughs> You're a good Tom totally Cruise. And he was like, come, I don't know, just find us, come get me. <laughs> and he's improvising with, you know, his manager or something like that. Yeah. He, he did all of that. He was oh, wow. really, really, oh, wow. that, that was him. I mean, he huh. was really funny. He well, totally got it and played it perfectly. Me. That his, was so brilliant because didn't Tom Cruise also have a broken leg? He, so and he that had was a broken leg. A little bit of a necessity. Stunt. Exactly. Yeah. Because he was filming Mission Impossible right, and he had right. broken his leg. Yeah. So we had to think of something. Or Conan, something they could do It was do Conan's idea. Down. Something they can do sitting down. Uh-huh. And we had to put a disclaimer on that because people thought Conan had kidnapped. Had kidnapped <laughs> Tom Cruise. It was that realistic. And, yes. violated the uh, and then we had one, it, the, the ender is Tom Cruise rolls out of the car. Right. Yeah. And we had a stunt guy that was going to do the actual role because Tom Tom Cruise had a broken leg. But so we said to him, you know, if you want, if you can just reach for the door handle and open the door, mm-hmm. we'll film you from behind mm-hmm. and we'll cut. He <laughs> he reaches for the door handle and flings the door open. And I mean, hangs out the car and almost oh. touches the road. Really? He loves he's, doing he's his own just, stunts. <laughs> that's insane. He was he was as as expected. He oh even did a stunt, a stunt he on did a late stunt night broken <laughs> leg. Oh my God. That's his head, head was almost on the pavement in oh London. Oh my God. Um, wow. I, yeah, well, I just, the money you guys were paying him, I mean, <laughs> no question. <laughs> it paid for all of his Christmas cakes. The least yeah. he could do. It's the least he could do. Did you do uh, the Kevin Hart remote? Oh. That was Mike Sweeney who did Ooh. both of those. Well, those were fun. That yeah. to say, I, I sat in a van and just <laughs> listened to those guys. I think those are the Had two or the two most popular remotes. Yeah, the most viewed. Yeah. And you were you were on that too. Yeah, we were the, both, second the, one, second the second one. The second one we did it. Yeah, so those were insane. Uh, I did fun. two we had Jordan things remotes here and there. I did yeah. two Jordan remotes on the TBS show. Jordan that, is that, late for work. Jordan's late for work, and Jordan the coffee machine that he bought. Oh my God, those are two hilarious. And also, you know what? One car shopping with. With Sona was pretty amazing. Oh, that was oh, a good one. one. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Uh, Conan auditioning for TV commercials. Is that's one of my all-time favorites. I don't think I've seen that. That's one of my favorites. One of my all-time favorites. I got to leave. I want to go watch it now. Can I say something? It was like you, Matt, produced that and brought it in and like watch a cut and it's like, oh, 13 minutes. Well, we'll cut this down. And I watch it and I'm like, there's not. I remember a, saying a to you, I don't know what to take out. There was nothing to take out, and that's how long <laughs> it is. He and was it's so. He was great. just on I'm fire. Not that. He was on, on fire, fire the whole day. Like he was great that way. It wasn't just with his stuff, but like when we did the Star Wars remote, it was 12 right. minutes long. Yep. Yeah. He didn't want to cut anything. No. He loved it because it played a little bit like a semi-documentary too. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we let the camera just sit on some of the nerd rituals, like the marriage ceremony. Yep. Right. And, uh, right. Nerds reenacting the scene from, you know, right. uh, of the Sip. Mm. So, uh, yeah, he, as long as something's funny, that was, and a, he, yes. he would, to his yes. credit, would skip the mono if that, if we needed the time for a really long, yeah, he no, would shorten it up because he'd want, he'd want to get more of that stuff in. No, there's yeah. no, I mean, the cut, time, cut it from, there's from no three t- jokes to two. <laughs> 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 no, you're not, you missed that era. Too bad. He would do the string dance. He would do the string dance, but not rub his nipples. Yes. That saved three minutes. Look at Matt O'Brien and I just burning bridges (laughs) with our guy who put us in the business. He won't hear that. Oh, sure. Yeah. He's listening intensely. You forgot forgot what podcast. Is is Star Wars remote like the ultimate triumph remote, do you think? Is that number one on your. I mean, that's the one that people 
talk about to me the most. That and the, the Jack McBrayer at the Wiener right. Circle. Right. Oh, oh, yeah. That was Chicago. Mm -hmm. that, that was, was insane. We had some good remotes at <laughs> Chicago. We my, the two of my favorite travel weeks were the two year times we went to Chicago. Yeah. Just the between the crowds mm -hmm. and then the remotes. And all the comedy we did, like yeah. the masturbating bear, skydiving. Oh my and, god! Launching the uh, the things across the drawbridges, right? right. Uh, Chicago and, icons across yep. the the drawbridge. And the Wiener Circle remote is just That's hilarious. Right. Star Wars for years was just like, oh my! I I remember I, I had to go to over to someone's house after that aired, and just as like everyone, you all have to watch this. The the, the one one good moment from the uh, I was on the Wiener Circle remote with Triumph was, so it's maybe two or three in the morning and it's filling up with drunk. One good moment? That, what's that? One good, one good moment. Yeah, that was one good the moment. The only memorable <laughs> moment, moment from, yeah, yeah. No, the, the one that really sticks with me, Robert, I'm sure you remember this is, so the ender was you taste, was Triumph tasting one of the hot dogs and then vomiting all over the crowd. <laughs> Instant, yes. Instantly. Instantly. We had done once before, we had done once before in Chinatown. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Like, and Real Housewives, did you do it? Goodwill and uh, Unity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Taste this blood, whatever the hell it was, and it's like to 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 a common understanding. It takes like immediately <laughs> vomit. Yes, vomit yeah, like so, did you just start having vomit on hand for every <laughs> triumph from? <laughs> so it's three a.m. at the Wiener Circle, I think, yeah. and it's starting to fill up with drunker and drunker people who are. Of course, very excited. A triumph. Oh, my God. This is going to be great. Hey, do you guys want to be in the last shot? Well, uh, yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> and they've they've got, so Eric Allard, I think, has gotten the, the plastic tube up Robert's sleeve and into triumph. And it's, <laughs> it's cold vegetable soup, oh, I think, is the vomit. Oh, no. And he has a tank. 3 a.m. What is it? I mean, it basically something like that. At least get into body temp. And it, <laughs> it looks like a giant, it looks like a giant propane tank has been wheeled in. <laughs> And all these people are, are so excited. They're like, oh, well, absolutely. So will you guys cheer after he tastes the hot dog? Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> and so Robert does the line, to common understanding, you know. And he he takes a bite of the hot dog and immediately turns triumph towards the crowd. And the force of the soup <laughs> blows the crowd back. <laughs> like, like, now, like, now, now, just to be clear, we did tell them Triumph was going to vomit. Th they on. did, we, but I don't think they absolutely. knew. They no, didn't no, tell how they, many they, 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 they didn't think they were going to be pressure <laughs> washed by vegetable yeah. soup. <laughs> didn't know how hard they were going to be vomited But on. these people's That's smiles true. and enthusiasm <laughs> in the before and after <laughs> shade, this, this one girl was dripping with soup and just staring... <laughs> Into the horizon, like I can't. Oh. I, it was. Yeah. It made me laugh I mean, so most hard. People, Sign this release. Most people, knew, <laughs> most people had a pretty good idea what was coming. One guy, it was just way too much for him, and, and, and we used him. We used his angry face. He on was camera. so yeah. mad. He's in the remote. He was really pissed. <laughs> and as, after, after, and you know, these were the people who had agreed. It's like, okay, I'll get vomited on. Yes, because mm -hmm. because uh, a lot of people pulled out. So then we did it, and then um, and then after we got the shot, I purposely hugged each one of them so that I would get vomit on myself to uh, oh. yes. show how grateful yes. I was. It's a sign of unity. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> but all you were doing was transferring the vomit you 
picked up from one person to the next person. I will never forget those people's faces <laughs> after they were amazing. completely walloped by that vegetable, cold vegetable <laughs> soup at three in the morning. I, Projectile I left, vomit. Yeah. God, I left right before that. I was like, you know what? I, I might. I think I have stuff to do back at the hotel. Uh, My, I, I have an appointment at 4 a.m. That was, it was classic fearless <laughs> got out of there. Yeah. It was great. I and, knew. I mean, it, it, it was a great ending. I, I absolutely. Yeah. I remember uh, an early, I just thought of this one. I think it was John Glazer's idea. I think it was mm -hmm. in his submission package. I think he had submitted earlier, or you ended up hiring for, you had hired John for I had Dana, hired, right? John, John Glazer had worked on the TV Funhouse pilot for the Fox Network. That's right. Wow. I love John Glazer. Well, he had worked for me on the Dana Carvey show. Right, right, right. That's what I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So he then came to Conan. I think in his submission packet was an idea that, you know, the old thing, you go back to the house you grew up in. He said, I want to go back. I think this was his idea. Go back to the hotel room mm -hmm. that I stayed in. This is Conan going back to the hotel room that he stayed in that when he his. first came to New York <laughs> to do the late night show before he had an apartment <laughs> and acting, acted like yeah. he had all these memories and like he owned it. And it was just a very simple, mm, clean. It was funny. like the kind of remote that I think was good for Conan early on, too, mm -hmm. especially with like a strong idea behind yeah. it. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of a sketch, but sort mm -hmm. of a right. thing. And he was just really fun. I remember him bouncing on the bed with the maid, like the floor, as if like she was a childhood, long lost yeah, childhood yeah. friend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was great. How far into the run was Blitz apartment shopping? That was, like, <laughs> that was after me. I don't remember that. Oh, okay. So uh, that early, yeah, early I think that was 2001. We say yeah. What about <laughs> Andy Blitz going to India? Who's, 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 who's oh, it was Andy's I, idea, I take Yeah, it. that was great. That was Andy Blitz, a writer on the show, who is like, ah, I've got computer problems. And um, he calls, you know, the help desk, which was located in uh, Bangalore, India. Right, the help desk for the NBC building. Exactly, was located, located there. And and so the premise was the person's like, you know, giving him an answer. And Andy's like, ah, you know what? I'm just going to bring my computer in. <laughs> and then he picks up his, la his computer, leaves the building, gets in a cab, goes to the airport, flies and lands in India and goes to the help center in Bangalore. Yeah, <laughs> for real. And we, uh, we learned recently, I, I, we were just like, yeah, do it. And they're like, oh, you know, you need permits and visas. And I was like, ah, yeah. just go shoot it. Just shoot it. Like it's the Greyhound bus they terminal. And um, Buffalo will be there. That came back to haunt us because uh, yeah. we wanted to go to India. We're now blacklisted. A few years ago. <laughs> and, really? Oh, yes. That's true. Yeah. A uh, film department bureaucrat in India. We're like, okay, we're going to India for Conan uh, Without Borders. And they're like, not, not so, so fast. fast. Yeah. Kidding. 2004, Andy Blitz. <laughs> Someone named Andy Blitz. <laughs> we told you to get a permit a and you didn't. You're yeah. going to a permit. And Here's the joke. That person is an elephant because they have a uh, long memory. It's an yes. Indian elephant. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> this is good. That's pretty good stuff, right? <laughs> That's really good. I was the head writer of that show. <clears throat> That's right. Mm -hmm. no, one's, that no one's challenging that. Yeah. <laughs> you, no statute of limitations. Huh? No, not at all. <laughs> we have to wait for that yeah. person to die. Um, now, hold on, we're going to loop John Groff's comment about elephants. <laughs> <laughs> hold, hold. So the listener won't forget. Do any of you have memories? I mean, we've been talking about these great, memorable, uh, successful remotes. Any remotes <laughs> where things didn't go as planned and oh, you maybe no, had to? No, 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 no. <laughs> now we're talking now. my language. Now we're in my world. Oh, we're okay. going for a four-parter here. <laughs> uh, I've got a legendary one. Yeah. It was a TBS one, and I had mm -hmm. an idea. It was right when we started on TBS that Conan would be a sign spinner 
and yeah. learn how to spin signs. Like they're very like, big in LA. They're very big in yeah. LA. They're yeah. very ubiquitous. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> Robert's like, yeah, yeah. Robert's like, yeah, sure, it's sure, a good sure. Idea. Yeah, I've read that premise. Yeah, it's all right. That's the premise. Yep. Okay, I've got it. So now, what's the joke bucket? Um, so we are on the, the Warner Brothers back lot, and we have these two sign spinners who immediately um, are acting much different than they were on the phone. Mm. Immediately oh. hammy, ham bones, yeah, jokey. That's the kiss of death. Um, you know. Uh, so they're they're teaching Conan to spin signs, and they're using all these puns that they call spinonyms. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, I mean that's that and, and so he goes, he goes and Conan says, "What are they called?" He goes, "Spinonyms," and he just turns and he mm-hmm. looks past the camera at <laughs> me, and he, and he goes, and there's footage of it. He looks at me, he goes, "I'll get you." <laughs> <laughs> One he of my goes, favorite. I'll get you. Oh. And I said, you'll get me? He goes, you know what you did. <laughs> and he talked to the guy for maybe three more minutes. Mm-hmm. And then he put the sign down and he came over and he said, we're, we're going to pull the plug. Oh, <laughs> he pulled no. the plug on the remote. He pulled the plug. Never there. And wow. it was also, you should, never left the lot. So it wasn't like we were there for ran, 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah. We were At least you didn't minutes. go down to like, that you know. It reminds me of uh, uh, <laughs> Matt when we uh, tried to interview Ralph Nader and we had to cut out all these moments where Ralph Nader's like doing Triumph's voice. Yes. You were, oh. you, that, that was a really long conference table too. Do you remember that in the hotel? For some, that, was yes. that during a debate? We it was covering it, debates. It was, we went to Minnesota the, for the Republican convention. Okay. Trying, it was right. just me and Matt. It was uh-huh. just me and Matt. Mm-hmm. We did like three remotes in yep. like three days. One, one was at the convention itself where we had all these escorts and all this access. And then we, then we did one where we just improvised Matt and I with protesters. Right. Uh, democratic protesters. And then we did, then we got Ralph Nader. We booked Ralph wow. Nader to do mm-hmm. a, a, just a face-to-face with mm-hmm. Triumph. But like yeah, he it was kept, like at a Holiday Inn or something. Mm-hmm. It was very Ralph Nader. It was very it was Ralph very Nader. shitty conference room, but he kept doing the Triumph voice back to Triumph. Oh. Yes. He, just, oh. he, just, he wanted, <laughs> oh, he thought that he was, he was doing it not just him. to be funny, but he thought he was like disarming me. You know what? I remember... Smigel, like at first, a, at first, you were t- talking to him in the triumph. Like, please stop, stop right, doing right. the voice, please. You're fucking the act <laughs> yeah, up. Right. I mean, you're being very direct. Yeah. You're completely fucking me by doing the voice. Yeah, and he I kept doing that. it. And then I remember you yeah. finally just dropping in your yeah. regular voice, going, "You have to stop doing the triumph <laughs> voice." <laughs> you, you just were just pleading with him. You and have that's to please he stop. He had I was you. trying to be funny about it, and then no. it just was like, "We're not going to have anything. We, we can't use any of this." You were very, you were trying to be diplomatic, but finally you just said, yeah. I, "I can't air this." Uh, it's just. Got to pl- be yourself. We've worked with a lot of comedy wish legends. I Ralph had, uh, Nader. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had uh, said that to Sarah Michelle Geller. <laughs> stop doing the triumph voice. We can't if you if you can't stop being a tool. A lot of regrets. <laughs> such a funny SNL host. That's so odd. That I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, she, I'm, not, I'm being oh, serious. She? Yeah. She's a fantastic she, host on. SNL. She's our guest oh, next week. Oh. We'll confront her. On yeah. This. <laughs> We're setting the table. Nice. We're we'll setting the table. Respond. Do you remember this voice? Hi, I'm Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> any other wow. remote? Well, I don't remember anything. Any other, I, I'm no. sure there's other well. failures, I mean, failures I could drag out of my memory <laughs> if you want. Wait, there was one triumph bit that was aborted. I just remembered. Matt, were you with me when we were going to cover the opening of Twilight? In Los oh, Angeles. Right. Oh, I remember that. Yes, yes. Oh. In downtown LA. And there's another one when, um, oh, the actor. That's right, outside the Staples Center, right? And Shia oh. LaBeouf 
Shia LaBeouf. Oh, Shia LaBeouf's oh, art oh, installation. Oh, that, that would have been so great. That was right. What happened? That was incredibly frustrating. That we was, were just thrown out of the premises for the for the for the one uh, with uh, where sorry. the girls and their the, the Twilight yes, one. They just didn't. The us, they just didn't give oh. us access. They just wouldn't let us in there. Right. They just like they were like we're invoking Megan's law. <laughs> <laughs> there were parents. They were all yeah. chaperones. But then, then the, the Shia LaBeouf. Why didn't that happen? We, we were online. We were online. We were online. And, Did I chicken out? No, no, no. no. So Shia LaBeouf was doing a, yeah. a perform, performance art. I think he kind of had a, a public a breakdown. Meltdown. Yeah, he sat there with a bag on his he, head, so he, and you mm -hmm. got was in a small it's gallery, a, celebrity, a small right? gallery on, on either Beverly or Melrose. Yes. Just a white yeah. room, and he was. It was Shia LaBeouf sitting on a chair with a paper bag over his head that said "I'm sorry" on it. Oh right. yeah. Um, and the, I guess the conceit was you could go in there and you could spend as much time as you wanted mm -hmm. with Shia LaBeouf with him. With him, yeah. I don't know if you. I don't know if you could touch him or. But you. Mm -hmm. So people would go in there for ninety minutes. Mm -hmm. I, anyway, we were in line. Um, I, I think what maybe hurt us was uh, you weren't allowed to bring anything inside. <laughs> like we, a, like oh, we were crew. stuffing paws and rubber right. triumph bodies right. into Smigel's <laughs> sweatshirt. Like, oh, they'll never, <laughs> yeah, they'll never pass you this no. frumpy guy down. They'll let us right in. I, I don't know if you never, and the vomit, all the, that's oh, the 30 pounds the right there. <laughs> the vegetable soup. Shia LaBeouf drowned under the that was, We just waited in line for about three oh. hours. We yeah. pay, you know what we did do? We, we paid people to skip to, right. let, us to let us ahead in line. We were paying people a couple hundred bucks to yes, let us have and a wasn't place I in line. wearing... I, I think I was wearing a GoPro or something. Yes, yes. that's all it was. Because you had to do it all. It was under all yourself. The, yeah, all kind of. I remember I was gonna sing to him. I was gonna right. be like, "No one knows what it's like." <laughs> <laughs> Behind blue eyes to shine uh, the book for a paperback. I, I thought it was a great. simple situation where. It was going to stop at a certain time, and they were like, "Oh, you are not." It was, but in there was no line time where you limit. Get in. So that was the problem. Is right, it, right, right. It, there was no time when the person right. went inside; they could yeah. spend as much time as huh. they that was part of the. Some people shit, were right? abusing like, that. Well, the the piece doesn't work if there's a time limit, so you mm -hmm. have to let people was, spend as much time as they want. The song was like, like "Behind Brown Bag." That's right. <laughs> no one knows what it's like to be named Shia oh to prematurely retire <laughs> behind brown bag. <laughs> It lives on in this room. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Only that one in David Blaine. David Blaine oh, yeah. in uh, David Blaine in Central that, Park. Central Park. Matt, you mm. went on that no, one. That was great. But no, but there was one we were gonna do before where he was like packed in a he was in a globe or something. Or was he was he in ice? In ice he was right? in ice. Down by oh, was AD. that when he was in ice? He was in ice below yeah. the New York America. sidewalk. Yes, and you guys were, we were, you guys were in LA and we were trying to, no, no, I don't remember what the hell, but then we finally did get to do him upside down. And that is one of my favorite ones. That was, and it's quick. Me. It's only a few minutes long, I think, right? We were only it's there for maybe 45 quick. minutes. Again, that was one was mostly improv. It was, if we had a few jokes, but we kind of rushed it out and, and I wasn't even sure we had anything. And then Conan was like, you're out of your mind. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> 
It was one of my favorite ones. <laughs> There's a great moment in that one where, so the idea was he was hanging upside down mm-hmm. for, I, I don't know what it was, seven days straight. That was the idea or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah. yeah, but he kept taking breaks. <laughs> right. So we get there and immediately <laughs> <laughs> Triumph goes up to one of well, his handlers. You and don't says, want to put your health uh, at risk. So he's going oh, sorry, to hang go upside down for, for seven days straight. Wow, this is a... And then you, the camera pans up and Smigel couldn't even hold it together. He goes, it appears that he's right side up. <laughs> I don't know if he knows what hanging upside down actually is. <laughs> and he was, he was drinking coffee on like a lid. Yeah, like <laughs> on like a Andy Herman. <laughs> Because oh, you wait during his long hours. It was no it was, was in, it was at like two a.m. Uh, but I think he was like he was like drinking a no steaming cup. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. And I ask his assistant about it, and yeah. she's like, "It's so that he has he it it's so that he gets hydrated. It's so, so they so could that he right. so they could no, check so says, the doctors so he, could examine him. Right. And, and so that and then she says like this so that he doesn't. Die. <laughs> <laughs> the whole fucking point you is that he's risking his life. Yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you, you think know, he is? Yeah. Like doing a stunt or something? Yeah, to take all the danger out magic. of what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> David Blaine, that was his last job. It appears he's right side up. The dangling douchebag. The dangling, oh, this is, that's right. Houdini called this trick the dangling douchebag. <laughs> I remember I remember getting called into Jeff Ross's office because a publicist had brought David Blaine. It was before mm. David Blaine was David Blaine. It was before he broke and yeah. said, like, there's this guy who's like a magician that you're not going to believe it. And. Jeff was like, come on, come to my office. Like this publicist has brought him up and he did this close-up matching. He was pretty fucking. Oh, and you saw the whole thing. Oh, wow. I saw That's like, it was hilarious. like, it was like this guy is about to break. Right. We're going to put him on the show and he's going to be a thing. And it was mm-hmm. before he was, it was probably mm-hmm. like, you know, 96 or seven. Mm-hmm. It was kind of before he became huge, but he was, Jeff he was, was incredible. Of magic, so he wanted you in there. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, I'm afraid of card tricks. <laughs> Please. He was, te- he was texting through the trick. I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yes. It was Go just, I, I have to say he was, you know, sure. I love magic. Yeah. He was a very compelling oh, oh. magician. So he had that voice. I think he did a, I think he did a spot on the show like okay. right mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. Right. We did that fake Copperfield. Yes, oh, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. thinking of yeah. in the early oh, years. Oh, that was really funny. Yeah. So Chuck Sklar was one of our monologue writers, uh, Mm -hmm. very funny guy, and he bore an uncanny resemblance to David Copperfield, (laughs) especially especially when you dress him up in like Copperfield, all black, black, turtleneck, Uh whatever. Black wig. So we would send, I think it was your pitch originally, uh, Mike. Um, And and he would go and, um, you know, we'd put him to like outside a grocery store and he would put his hands out and, you know, you'd see the door open Oh, the doors. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going to a bowling alley and he bowls and uh, he's waiting for the ball and he does his hocus pocus magic fingers <laughs> and the ball comes out of the ball return. Oh <laughs> right. my God. And a walk, don't oh, walk sign. Don't walk sign. Uh, so simple and stupid. We have to wrap up. Oh, no. I know. I'm so sorry. It's my fault. We could go on. Um, we I know. We could make this a two-parter. Uh, but or we could have you all back. Sure. <laughs> when we're desperate for guests yeah. next season. <laughs> <laughs> next season. That's a pardon. No, this was this was truly it was so fun to listen to you all catch up and I mean the institutional knowledge in this room is 
<laughs> unparalleled. But also, did the, I mean, but what's the value? I was what's the say, value of that institution? Absolutely nothing. Exactly. No, it's it's really fun. It's I I don't know. I mean, the four of you, it, these are like the some of the greatest comedic voices of our time. So <laughs> what? A gasoline for a big old floor. Look, I have a hard time being sincere. It comes out sarcastic, sure but enough. this is what it sounds like. Thank you for being here. Well, this thank you. Is a treat. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. It was great. Fine. Fine. Good seeing all of you. Good you to too, see you, Robert. Good to see you, too. Robert. Thanks to Robert, Jonathan, and Matt for joining us. And I guess you. Thanks, Alyssa, Sweeney, for I had to be here. here. I'm contractually... Here. I'm the co-host. I, I just... I listen. Yeah. You were already here. I was already here. Um, I thought that was really interesting, honestly. I, and it could have gone longer. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> I, I love when uh, all those guys get together. I mean, I just yeah. love head writers, writers. Everyone always mm -hmm. has... Uh, great stories, you know, from the show. And and it's funny to hear everyone's own experience because mm -hmm. they have that personal knowledge and detail yeah. that you're like, oh, yeah, right. I remember that bit, but I, I didn't know any of these details. Right. Or there's always like the white whale or right. their albatross right, that yes, haunted yes. them. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, hey, we've got a listener question. Uh, we always do. What is it? Let's, let's, let's hear it. It's from someone named Mae Fallon. I don't know, is is that one of Jimmy Fallon's Jimmy? children? Or hmm. um, Here's the question. Hi, Jesse and Mike. Huge fan of the podcast. Thank you, May. Nathan Fielder was only on Conan a few times, but he's one of my all-time favorite guests. What can you tell us about the episode with Susan Sarandon as Nathan's backup guest? Was the idea for this pitched by Nathan or the Conan writers? How was Susan Sarandon chosen and did she readily agree? Was this bit rehearsed beforehand? This is an awesome bit. And yes. If you haven't seen it, we can kind of describe it, but it's just, it's better to watch it because right. what happens is essentially Nathan Fielder shows up and he brings Susan Sarandon with him mm -hmm. unexpectedly you know, for the audience. Out to the couch. Out to the couch. And for, she sits there and she doesn't speak the entire time. Right. Because his the premise is he, she she's just there in case things don't go well. In case he doesn't do well in the interview because he's he's not as experienced at these late at night the interviews. couch interviews, yeah. He brings her as his kind of backup. But she's there the whole time and she doesn't speak a word and then she leaves. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> with Nathan when with he's Nathan. done with his segment. Yes. And it's, I mean, she's a huge star. Right. And it's fucking awesome. Excuse me. That it is great. He gets her to do that. And then, yes, people should watch it because then it's also what makes it even funnier is just Nathan, what Nathan talks about during this interview. Right. So he's, it, he is bad at the couch segment right, on purpose, for but then this. doesn't let Susan speak. Yeah. No, it's great. Yeah. And Conan. Conan plays it perfectly. Mm -hmm. and, and to answer these questions, um, I believe the lore is Nathan came up with this idea. This was Nathan's yeah, idea. It sounds like Nathan. And I think Susan Sarandon was a big fan of his Nathan's yeah. show. And so... But she also lived in New York, didn't she? She had to fly out here for this? I, that's what I'm wondering. She must have oh, already been out here. That's a long way to go for this I, bit. You know what? I, I, but I don't put it past him. Yeah, I could see him fly, yeah. flying her out, putting her up just to walk out <laughs> and not talk uh, and commit to the bit. Yeah. 
So I think it was his idea and he reached out to her. Uh, our show did not book her because he kind of Just did everything himself. Guest. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I don't want to speak for Conan, but I think like Susan Sarandon, that's the other great thing, had never been a guest on the show. Right. And <laughs> I don't know if he had and ever... And kind of still hasn't. Right, exactly. <laughs> she she sailed through without wow. ever being... And I, I, again, might be wrong, but I think he had never met her. And so his one time meeting her <laughs> was in this incredibly strange, contrived yeah. appearance. Wow. And then she sailed right out the door, <laughs> uh, which is great. No, it's it's a real highlight. It's yes. I, I'm glad May brought that bit up because it is. I know. If you're listening to this, it is worth uh, watching on YouTube. It's very very. And funny. it's very Nathan Fielder. Yeah, if you um, like Nathan Fielder, you'll, yeah. you'll love it. And I mean, stuff like this, you know, our guest appearances rehearsed is something that people often ask, or, or are yes. they scripted? I mean, this obviously was a concept that Nathan had come up with, and. They Conan was in on it. Yes, Conan but it was wasn't in on it. rehearsed. Conan and, was a straight man. Yeah, and I'm sure Conan didn't know exactly what Nathan was going to say or do. Right. Yes, May asks. Sorry, she says related question. Are guest appearances typically rehearsed? And some some comedy bits by guests are rehearsed. Like they, if they're very involved and involve blocking and and, and lighting and that and sort of all thing. that yeah. stuff, then yes. They'll come early and Conan will run downstairs mm -hmm. and, and they'll they'll work through it. But but a lot of times, depending on the bit, the um they'll just wing it yeah. out there. They just do it mm -hmm. and then Conan mm -hmm. reacts and right. then whatever happens, happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, which is great and terrifying. Yep. No, but <laughs> sometimes uh, like I, I know Will Farrell in the early days would pitch idea. This is when he was a cast member in SNL. Yeah. He'd come down and be a guest. And he had an idea like, uh, I heckle myself mm -hmm. from the crowd. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, he I came down and one. did all these pre-tapes, mm -hmm. dressed in an entirely different outfit. Right. And and then you had to shoot the pre-tapes, obviously yes. turn them around, get, and then rehearse the tape rolls with Will That's and the chair. That's basically a sketch. Yeah, it's yeah. a sketch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. A, a lot of uh, guests, comedy guests. yeah. I remember felt. Tig pushing the stool around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tig Nataro, that was really fun. Uh-huh. But that one, I know we talked to her about it. It was like we rehearsed it a certain way, mm -hmm. and then somebody had waxed the floor in waxed. between. Because the whole— And then it didn't make the same noise. The whole bit—it's <laughs> it, hard to describe, but it was it's her moving a stool across a floor and making and this making incredible screeching. screeching sound. I forget why, <laughs> how she got into it, but it— it was really funny when she did it. And this would happen so many times yeah. on the show where you'd rehearse something. She rehearsed that. Uh -huh. It was hilarious. It's perfect. You're like, oh my God, this is going to kill. And then in the hour and a half, <laughs> somebody backstage would do something. And in this to case, change. wax yeah, the floor. Right. That's something <laughs> something that wouldn't occur to you. I know. That no one could anticipate. Yeah. Maybe you could They're anticipate. just doing their job, but right. they don't they're know. Do they have no idea they're. That's part of the bit. That they're undermining. Like, oh, that screeching was really awful yeah, in right, rehearsal. Right. I'm going to fix that. I, I wonder if that's what it was. It was like <laughs> someone just going, no one asked me to do it, but uh, you know what? I'm going to show yeah, a little. I'm going to uh, fix her bit for her. Yeah, I'm going to show a little gumption and save the show by waxing the floor. 
So yeah, even when you do rehearse things, it can still go off the rails. Oh my God, yes. During the recording. Oftentimes, the yeah. more I, the more you rehearse something, it's almost the a, more gar- likely. a guarantee. That's true. But you know, also, the less you rehearse something, it's a guarantee. <laughs> the, the, What's the exact right amount of rehearsing? There's not everything. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to explode. <laughs> well, hey, we love our listener questions. And if you have a question for us, you can always call us 24 hours a day to our voicemail at 323-209-1079 or email us at insideconanpod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, and how, how could you not? Please. That's not an essay question. Uh, you asked, how could you not? I wrote nine pages. Okay, that was not necessary. Yeah, and that's more space than they're going to give you on the... <laughs> rating page. That's true. If you like the show, you can support us by rating Inside Conan an Important Hollywood Podcast on iTunes and leaving us a review. Thank you mm. so much. Thank you. Oh, was that for me? No. That, I, was... that was just a general, <laughs> you know what? I'm just trying to show gratitude. That's, oh, that's nice. said Yes. And how do you show it's, gratitude, Jesse? Uh, I just like to wrap my arms around everyone and say, we love you. Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell. Our producer is Lisa Burr. Team Coco's executive producers are Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and Nick Liao. Engineered and mixed by Joanna Samuel. Our talent bookers are Gina Batista and Paula Davis with assistance from Maddie Ogden. Thanks to Jimmy Vivino for our theme music and interstitials. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan or an enemy (laughs) on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like best. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Put on your hat, it's the Conan Show. Try on some spats, you're gonna have a laugh. Give birth to a calf, it's Conan. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.